Today is September 13th, and the Mets are making a big push as they bury the Diamondbacks. Yelich gets hurt, and the Astros and A's go off for 20 runs each. Let's do it. Talk some baseball. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for hanging out with us for a little bit on this Friday afternoon to talk some baseball. My name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey. I got my co-host Jake coming to you from uh, Denver wearing a Bernie Williams hat. Bernie Williams, for you non-Yankee fans, wore number 51 and today is his 51st birthday. I wonder if Jake even knows about that as he's wearing the 51 hat. You're asking if I know it's my dad's birthday. <laughs> I mean, that's... I mean, what what are we really doing here, people? Okay, so um, you're aware. Did I'm you aware. put it on thinking I got to wear his hat, it's his birthday? I mean, Jim, I'm, I'm going to leave this up to you. You know me pretty well. Um, when was the last time you've seen me wearing this hat? Never. But I, I know you well enough to know I don't think you know Bernie's birthday. Maybe you saw it okay. in a tweet. Well, my mother used to pretend he's my father, so what are we doing here? Okay, what the da- what's the date of his birthday? September 13th. How'd you know that? Uh, Jim, I, well, you were going to keep running into the same answer. We That's talked about this today. before the show. <laughs> and you're wearing well, my shirt. Which is nice because it's my, it's close to my birthday in a sense. And you're wearing our shirt. Yeah, technically, nah. This is not supposed to be worn by me, but it is. Well, it's true. It's true. Welcome to talking baseball. So much going on. I uh, I had a busy, busy week with my girlfriend's parents in town, going to the city to try and find apartments, doing a ton of meetings uh, for John Boy Media. That I really, I, I know the big storylines, Jake, because I did make some breakdowns. I looked at the ejections and stuff. I don't really know, like, how the standings went. Now, I do for the National League because I was in charge. But I'm very interested in the American League to know what happened with uh, the wild card race and the, the Central, which I think is still the Twins, easily. But we'll get there eventually. First, got to let you know who is sponsoring the show, Jake. Whole slew of fantastic people. Curtis Jett. Whoo, speedster. Yeah, that's a fast name. Yeah. Farferta. Not necessarily labeled a speedster normally, but maybe. Farferta. Farferta. Matt Luckett. Luckett, I like that. Evan Yenner. Yenor. Yenner, see... See him around the Twitter sphere. He's an old friend. Well, what about this name? Keithins Kowalicki. So, Jim, I don't know if you met this person where we went to school, but we, we, me and Ken, our buddy, we were friends with a Keithins. With, his last, with his, a Keithins? Yes, but his, his last name was Foshi. It was a really cool name, Keithins Foshi. Um, so... Keithens Kowalecki, I mean, we love alliteration on this show. Um, so, yeah, I'm all in. All in. Hillary Wiskin. Wiskin me away, Hillary. Wiskin. Kev Madden. You think it's short for Kevin or just Kev? Ooh, t- 
Tough to say. Okay. Kyle Davis. Kyle Davis is in the chat. Looks like he might be a Braves fan. And uh, says, okay. first time on the pod as a supporter, and I'm stoked. So thanks, Kyle Davis. Ryan Mitchell. It's a football name. Chris Macy. Ooh, yeah. Nate Steele. Mm. Strong name. And uh, the last one is Alex the Animal. I was going to say, I mean, if Nate Steele's a strong name, having your folks name you Alex the Animal, that's pretty... No spaces. What kind of animal no do you think sp- Alex is? Ooh, Alex the Animal. I thought of a, uh, I thought of a rude one, I think. Okay. Worm. Alex the Animal the Worm, baby. I just think it's funny to be like, Alex the Animal, and then it's a worm. Hey, worms and... A- Dennis Rodman, man. Big 30 for 30 came out on him this week. The worm. Love him. Those are our most recent Patreon Patreon supporters. They get to uh, interact live in the chat with us. They get the chance to win two jerseys every uh, month. And when I'm not busy, I like to give them some extra stuff on the Patreon page as well, behind the scenes of making breakdowns and shit like that. Jake, how are you doing? Are you nervous at all about how little baseball's left in the season? Are you... See... Are you excited for me for talking baseball? I'm so excited for the postseason. Yeah. For talking Yanks as a, my Yankee fandom, I get a little sad that the season's ending because I it's closer to no baseball. Like I'm excited for the postseason, obviously, but it's closer to no baseball, and the Yankees are my everyday life. But as like these other teams, the Dodgers, the Braves, I'm so excited for the postseason. Like, let's see what we got here. Yeah, and Jim, I think the the other elephant in the room there is, I mean, Alex talking Yanks ends one of two ways. <laughs> it, ends, it ends really sad or really happy. <laughs> and talking baseball, I mean, if if there's a crazy NLCS game between the Dodgers and the Braves, Cardinals and the Braves, my Braves, let my Braves be in there. Um We'll get to we'll be able to talk about that on talking baseball and be like, oh, that three two pitch by Soroka, that was incredible. Uh, so yeah, for talking baseball, it's like it's it's just building up full speed ahead. For talking Yanks, it's like all right, the the train's gonna be going, and <laughs> we're either gonna celebrate at the end, or there's gonna be a really sad episode where you and I stare at each other and go, well, I don't know. You look back, it was a really good season, but uh, it's not what we wanted. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the offseason in a week or so. Don't talk to us. <laughs> I'm also really excited for the wild card games nope, not being in it. We've talked about that a lot. Uh, oh, yeah. Still need the Rays to not host one. Crazy really drunk. Bit. That was you're my gonna, deal. You're going to be everyone. crazy drunk? That was my deal for everyone on Talking Baseball, that I don't have to. Like, the the wild card games are so nerve-wracking, like, I couldn't drink during them. What's uh What's the date of the wild card games? Um, God, I got to, they're what, the, the month, the Tuesday and the Wednesday? I don't know. Oh, October 1st and October 2nd. Okay. October 1st and October 2nd. So when's, what, okay, so that's a Tuesday and a Wednesday. So what are we, what are, I don't know what our other commitments are, but yeah, we should maybe try and go live on YouTube or something. You're going to have it on cable, right? What's that? You're going to have them on cable, right? Yeah, because they're going to be, what, TBS and Fox yeah, or so whatever? Like we, we won't be dealing with a delay. So, yeah, no. maybe we try and live stream a little during that. Okay. Maybe. We'll see. That's such a commitment that it's hard to 
I right. shouldn't have thrown it out there before. We're going to be watching them. Going to be watching them. I'd like to be making gifts and stuff too, so we'll see. But you can right. carry that when I get busy. Anyway, Jake, are you ready for the National League report? I think I am, Jim. And I know you said uh, you said you were excited to hear about the American League. I've got some stuff in there you're going to like. But yeah, you got to catch me up on the NL. And I I loved you opened with Mets Diamondbacks, and I and hindsight's twenty twenty. Would have called that the shovel series. Like just put a bunch of shovels on the middle. Someone's getting buried this series. Yeah. Well, is, it, is it you? Is it us? Or is it both of us? <laughs> Who's getting buried? It's like you throw like a gun in the room with two guys and like figure it out. It's the it's the Joker the Joker scene. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool setup, Jake. National League report is brought to you by our friends over at the Roosevelt's RSVLTS shirts. They are the most comfortable shirts you've ever worn. Conversation starting shirts. I got a whole box of them over here. I got the major league ones. If you go to RSVLTS.com slash John Boy, you can get they have uh, curated a collection of all baseball ones. Jake has one called Miami Vice and one called My Grandma's Couch, I believe. Which I, when you chose those and I ordered them and they're in the box here, I was like, "Damn, these are really Jake shirts." Like those. Are- I mean, Miami Vice. It was like there was there no thought process was allowed. It was like, "Oh, that that shirt needs me, and I need that shirt." I'm I'm blanking on Grandma's rug, but I'm excited. I'm gonna see it in less than like 24 hours. Not rug, couch. Grandma's couch. Excuse me. It's like a floral design. They should do one that's like Grandma's dog, and it's just like covered in hair. Could the be. whole Sh- Grandma it's sh- collection. It's a shag shirt. Don't say those words around me. <laughs> well, go to rsblts.com slash johnboy. Use discount code johnboy at checkout. You get 20% off. And I do have to apologize. Last, last episode, we were talking about their slogan, Dare Mighty Things. It's a quote from Teddy Roosevelt. And in the context of the quote, it makes more sense. And we were like, what does that even mean? I don't even get it. Yeah. Truth or dare, to dare mighty things. But uh, it's kind of shorthand for dare to dare yourself to do mighty things. Dare What's the mightiest thing you've ever done? That time you got beat up, took on five guys and lost. That was pretty, like, that was big dare. It's kind of a big dare. <laughs> like um, daring. A lot of lesser men wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I didn't think that it was just going to be <laughs> the five and me. Um the biggest thing i've dared i don't know man okay tough cool the national league report the music from the show is always mikey rotano who i want to give a lot of love to because i love all the music the pirates took three out of five from the giants no one really cares The Dodgers and the Orioles met up for a three-game set, and the Dodgers won two of the three. Walker Bueller and John Means had good starts. Rich Hill made his return from the injured list. Jake exited the game with a knee injury before getting out of the first inning. That's not the best sign for them. The Phillies and the Braves split a four-game set in Philadelphia, which is like Good for Philly because the Braves are a really good team, but also you're looking to do more than that. Dallas Keuchel had another good start for the Braves, so good for them and good for Keuchel. The The premier series is the Mets swept the Diamondbacks in the, the Shovel Series, a four-game set. 
They won the first two in close games, then they blew them out in the next two. In the first game, in the first game, Degrom had a good start. Alonzo went deep twice. In the second game, Wheeler had a good start. Todd Frazier had all three RBIs. In the third game, Mats had a good start. Todd and McNeil both go deep twice. In the fourth game, Strowman had a good start, and Juan Lagares goes deep twice. Offense and pitching coming through every single game. The Diamondbacks were held to four runs in the four games. The Snakes go from one and a half out of the wild card to three and a half out, and the Mets jump from four to two. It's a big, big series for the Mets and momentum and all things Metropolitans. The Brewers swept the Marlins in a four-game set. Old friend Tyler Austin had a ninth-inning sack fly to win game two. In game three, Mike Moustakis had a two-run homer in the ninth to take the lead. Big comeback wins. Big sweep for the Brewers. Gets them right back into the race. But Yelich is hurt and out for the season, and that is fairly damaging. The Nationals beat the Twins in three games. Berrios and Anabal had a fun pitcher's duel in game one, I believe. Um, Nats win. The Rockies won a series, Jake. The Rockies won two games out of three against a team. It was the Cardinals. Chichi Gonzalez had a really nice start, and he's got a really fun name, so I put him in the notes. The Cubs and Padres had a four-game set, and Jake was very excited about this one last episode. The Padres won two, and the Cubs won two. Padres walked off a game, then they shut the Cubs out in the game. Then you, Darvish, went to work and dropped a 14K start. As for the standings, the Brewers and Cubs are now tied for the second wildcard spot, both sitting at 78 and 68 on the season. Mets and Phillies are both two games behind them, tied themselves. That's your National League report. Who doggy? You don't. Who Darvish? Who? Darvish. Um, who? Who Darvish? Man, caught, caught, caught a little bit of you. Great stuff, James. Thanks. Fantastic. Um, caught a little bit of you start against the Padres. He was throwing dirty stuff. That was between the Yankees' doubleheader the other day. Um, so got to watch a little bit of that. Jim, I mean, what what jumps out is that Pirates-Giants series. No, I don't want to talk about that at all. Let's talk about the Amazons, man. Um, I, I preluded it, the Shovel series. They, uh, they won't die, man. In Mets fashion, they got written off by even their own faithful last week, and now here they are scrapping. <laughs> I mean, it's still, it's still not in the likely bucket, but they're around. Step. Right up and meet the Mets. Greet the Mets. They beat the Diamondbacks. Hey, and this was uh, kind of a you versus me because you were saying the Diamondbacks are in it, and I was saying, no, they're not, but the Mets are. Not that. Well, well, this doesn't answer any of those questions, but we were both. I was saying the Mets are in it and the Diamondbacks aren't, which I was like kind of wrong about because they were both in it up until this series. But Diamondbacks failed. I mean, the Mets did good, but we also got to say the Diamondbacks. Like, what are you doing? This was the, I mean, in the shovel series, the Diamondbacks, they flunked the dunk. I mean, this was, you'd had you'd put so much work in to get yourself to this point. And, I mean, it's also credit to the Mets. Um, they uh, they went out and they they shoved and they had the magic going a little bit. The, the pitching was there. 
Uh, you mentioned, I mean, some of the hitting performances, Alonzo, Frazier, uh, Ligares. I don't know if you saw the, the highlights from that, Jim, but they did the classic. He came up with the bases loaded and the broadcaster, which, you know, this isn't Nostradamus stuff, but the broadcaster goes, you know, he's, he's never had a grand slam. Hits the grand slam. Everyone's going nuts. Good times in Metsland. Comes up for the second at bat. And he this this one was pretty good. The announcer goes, hey, you know, he's never had a multi-homer game. Should I try that one? And then he hit another homer, and he got his first multi-homer game. So that was kind of fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, the D-backs, you, you put in a lot of work to get where you are, and then to have a series like this happens, that's brutal. Uh, for the Mets, I mean, it's still two games out, and you still have to hop, what, three teams? But, Jim, I, I think the bigger thing, because, again, it – like last week they blew the seven run game and everyone was ready to bury the Mets and everything that's been going on with them. Jim at the trade deadline, the Mets went out and got Stroman and you know, there are, are they going to trade Wheeler? Are they going to trade? Who are they going to move? They go out, they got Stroman. Hey, if you told them with two weeks to play that they'd be two games out of the wild card, I think they'd be pretty happy with that. So, I mean, shout out to the Mets. Well, they're almost done with this tough stretch. You know, we said, like, they have a tough, tough stretch of games here. They, uh, it was really tough. And they got swept by the Braves. Then they got swept by the Cubs. And it was like, damn. They got Philly, the Nationals, Philly, and Arizona coming up. They beat the, they beat Phillies two out of three. They beat the Nationals two out of three. They lost to the Phillies two out of three, but then they sweep Arizona. So they come out looking pretty good. They have three games against the Dodgers coming up. And who are the Dodgers going to pitch? Because after that, it's kind of gravy for them, the Mets. like After that, if they want to go on a tear, they have the schedule to do it. They're going to get, ooh, they're going to get Kershaw and Ryu, and we'll see. And Syndergaard starting versus Kershaw. Syndergaard's been causing some noise. Have you heard all that? This catcher, he's doesn't like throwing to blanking. Some big. He asked Mets officials last week to pair him with either Nito or Rivera instead of Wilson Ramos. Yeah, and and one of the reports was like he was livid, and he went to talk to Mickey, and he was like, "I wasn't livid. And it was a calm discussion." <laughs> and then uh, just want to throw to one of these other guys, man. <laughs> yeah, no, but then. Somewhere I was reading or listening to, maybe it was Joe and Evan on WFAN. They're like, I'm sick of this dude. He's really good. I'm sick of him. I think uh, so. I, I don't know if that rings true for a lot of Mets fans, but I was sick of Syndergaard earlier in the season. He just kind of complains yeah. a ton, it seems like. I, I, that could be false narrative. I'm, I'm a little not like in deep, but seems like he's complaining about a lot of things a lot of times. Uh, yeah, it's, it feels like there's a lot going on and whatever comes from it, kind of. Um, like Wheeler, DeGrom, Mats never hear them as, like, complainers. Right. It feels like Syndergaard's always complaining. But and, and maybe there is a little New York media there. These other guys, maybe they don't really do much of anything, so they gravitate towards Syndergaard and they make a story out of the story. Like we just said with this. He, you know, he just said, hey, man, I'd, I'd really like to throw to one of these other catchers. And then it, look, look at the first things we say that, you know, Syndergaard threw a tantrum and asked for another catcher. And it's like, well, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle, but um, it gets blown up a little more. Yeah. Well, good for the Mets. They're two out. 
hey, man, if they can win games against Kershaw and Ryu, still impressive even though both of them are on a slide. If they can win this Dodgers series, yeah, then I'll get really excited because I still don't think there's a chance they will really win the wild card. I still think it's locked up with uh, uh, Cubs or Cardinals or Cubs or Brewers. But now Brewers are tough. So maybe the Mets can squeak out. But if they, the win, if they win this pl- Dodgers series, Jake, I'm yeah. almost become a believer that they get the second wild card. Wow. Because um, the, the schedule from there is pretty easy. It's, it's Rockies, it's Rockies, Reds, Marlins, and then three with the Braves at the tail end. Mm. And we know the Phillies, who they're competing with, and is harder, a harder schedule. I think Phillies are excited they split with the Braves, which is kind of like mentally not where you had your head should be. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. The the Braves are crazy good. Um, I mean, you're you're obviously going to hear me talk about them because that's a main feature on talking baseball. Um, but dude, I mean, like literally, we've done this since right before the All Star break, Jim. You and I, we did a couple like tester episodes, and then we le- we let it rip on all the main channels. Can you remember an episode where we're like, ooh, Braves slip up? <laughs> like, like no, they just don't. Well, I think this this one is the – I was surprised that they didn't win this series. Right, but like you were saying, this series means so much more to Philly, and it's yeah. in Philly. Yeah. Um, Do you have the Braves beating the Dodgers? Or, like, is this swoon from the Dodgers, like, who cares? Because I still think the Dodgers can turn it on at any second. But also – yeah. It's definitely a better series than it was two months ago in my head. Right, right. I, I think that's definitely the case. I mean, the Dodgers are still more talented. I'd say the the thing you're running into, and I don't know if I'd call it like a, a Texas Rangers effect or a Cleveland Indians effect a little bit, but, you know, the Dodgers had a couple really good tries at it, and maybe they just turn it on and they're easily the team out of the NL. That wouldn't surprise anyone. But what if these Braves do get some momentum or, or one of these other teams catch fire? I mean, the pressure falls on the Dodgers because they are the most talented team that's been there the past two years. I mean, the pressure is going to be on them. If, if one of these other teams gets some magic going, which it feels like the Braves have a little bit of, and I mean, we'll see if one of these teams from the Central can can get it going. Or, hell, the, the freaking amazing Mets, man. How awesome would that first-round series be? The Mets versus the Dodgers? The Mets playing with some of the most house money you could find in baseball? And the Dodgers, like... <laughs> like just needing to survive, but otherwise they're kind of like a laughing stock, like an NL dynasty laughing stock. If somehow the Mets played the Dodgers and they beat them. Yeah. The freaking amazing Mets, but there's a lot, there's a lot of dream in there still. (laughs) What's going on with the Brewers? Like the yellow injury is brutal. They they're, they're currently tied for the second wild card with the Cubs, big big for them because they were like out of it three series ago. Remember, they're like four and a half back or something? Yeah. Like, shit. They're currently tied 78 and 68 with the Cubs for the second wild card. But Jake, Yelich is out. And who are Yelich they? Yelich is out. <laughs> um, Hira, your guy. Um, 
Jim, and and it's funny they um they have a big series this weekend because they face the Cardinals in St. Louis. You just mentioned the Cardinals lost, and I think Flaherty opens up this series for the Cardinals, so that's that's going to be a brutal ass. But Jim, the Brewers, a their pitching has gotten going a little bit. I'm I'm going to talk about that a little later. Jim, after this Cardinals series, so they've got three with the Cardinals. So I mean, even if you get one. Like, it's it's not the end of the world. Jim, they host the Padres. Or, yeah, they host the Padres for four. They host the Pirates for three. Then it's three against Cincy, three against Colorado. I mean, those are... You talked about the Mets having a good schedule. I mean, if the Brewers can survive this St. Louis series, just don't get swept. I mean, they're looking good, man. But who's their pitching like, I know who they're pitching is. Hauser, Lyles, Gio Gonzalez had a good start, I believe. Maybe he didn't. But, I mean, I, I think, Jim, they're, they're already that, just... To, to compare that to DeGromson, Nagard Stroman, Matt's Wheeler. Right, but they're, they're kind of in just piece-it-together mode, man. I mean, they're, uh, you know, haters gotten it going. Um, they've got Claudio in the pen, uh, Guerra... I, I mean, Hauser, I, I mean, Zach Davies has had a solid year. Um, Woodruff is hurt. I, I, I think they're just kind of day by day. Jordan Lyles has been great since the trade deadline. Drew Pomeranz is doing good things for them. So I think they're just kind of like day by day. They're, they're kind of in that baseball mode where you look at the lineup every day and you say, all right, I mean, we lost Yelich, which is nuts. Um, you know, Grandal. He's having a really good year. Thames is having a good year. Hyura. Mustak okay. has had a big I have home something. run. I have a definitive take or, or point of view now, which okay. if we have any Brewers fans, listeners, you're not going to like. I'm not rooting for the Brewers. With Yelich wow. out, no one excites me on the Brewers besides Hayter, and he's at the end of games when you're winning. Uh, none of the starting pitchers excite me. I don't think the Brewers can make a run, even if they win the wild card. And I'd much rather the Mets get into the wild card and see that starting pitching do something and kind of the magic instead of this piecemeal Brewers team. And that's kind of fair, Jim. I mean, it does hurt to say. I will say this, Jim. If you look at the games played, you'll like the Brewers. They run the same guys out there every day pretty much. Um, and so I know you're into that a little bit. Um, the Yelich thing is awful. That's kind of why we were rooting for the Brewers, because it's like, hey, if Yelich wants to go nut job, we are here yeah. for it. Um, and that, <laughs> it's kind of, I don't want to say it's a sucky thing, but we, we like when teams rally in sports. But, like, if the Brewers went on a run without Yelich, that would also suck. <laughs> like, he's he's so good. And then if the Brewers get going, it's kind of going to be, I, I don't know, it'd be an interesting storyline to see how it all goes down. But I, I get what you're saying. That is a little tough for the Brew crew. Yeah. Anything else in the National League you want to want to mention or talk about before we uh, move on? I mean, the Cubs and Padres, That was you were very excited for that, and you were rooting for the Padres to spoil the Cubs. They split. Are you still against the Cubs? I mean, I still, I just want that wild card. Like, I want the Mets, Philly, and maybe Zona if they can, if they can get hot somehow. Lost their last five. That's a, that's a tough way to go about it, Zona. All right, um, all right. I have, I have a question, Jake. Right. Okay. So this is what you and I want. Right. Who, 
who do the how did the series break down coming up? So we have the Mets versus the Dodgers. So we're rooting for the Mets to win, right? We're rooting for the Mets to win two of three. Cubs, yeah, Pirates. They, they have to survive a little bit. If they lose two of three to the Dodgers, it's not the end of the world with their upcoming schedule. No, no, but this is what we're hoping for because we want okay. a four-way tie in the wild right. card after this weekend. Okay. So, so anyone else, and if you're an American League fan, this is probably what you're rooting for because mayhem's more fun. Mets have to take two of three from the Dodgers. Pirates take two of three from the Cubs, which I don't know is possible. Brewers take two of three from the Cardinals. No, we need the Card- Cardinals. I want they'll take the division. Brewers lose two of three. Oh, Jimmy, I'm going to stop you there. I was just about to say the Cardinals might come back to earth with the other teams. Jim, the Cardinals, they've got the Brewers this series. Jim, we've been doing a lot of schedule talk. Listen to this happy horse shit. So the Cardinals host the Brewers for three. Fine. They host the Nationals for three. That's tough. The Cardinals then go on the road to the Cubbies for four. They go to the West Coast. They play the Diamondbacks for three. And then they host the Cubs for three to end the year. So, I mean, the Cubs kind of control their own destiny a little bit. I mean, I give me Central Mayhem. Give me Wild Card Mayhem. No, okay. I'm rooting for the Brewers to lose two of three from the Cubs and then the Red Sox to beat the Phillies or for the Phillies to beat the Red Sox twice, that we have a four-way tie for the second wild card after one weekend of play. That is my rooting interest going into the weekend. And that kind of wraps up the general National League talk. So we will move on to the AL report, which is brought to you by Squints Apparel. Softest shirts. They sent me some shirts, Jake. Incredibly soft. Like it really, they really are very, very soft. I thought the shirts we sell are soft. The shirts we sell are soft. Theirs are like that real thin, like mm. cotton ball material. That Charmin. Yeah, super soft. And you know what? They sent me a bomber jacket. Did you see me wearing it? No. Oh, dude, they sent me a bomber jacket because we had talked on this show about how we didn't think our physique played right. well in bomber jackets. As soon as I put it on, Katie said, wow, it looks good on you. Whoa. And then her mom said it looked good. And then I wore it in my post-game recap. Some people were like, looking cute, Jimmy. So Wow. So I'll, I'll show you the bomber jacket when you get here. Okay. I still don't feel cool enough that I can pull it off because right. I just think of myself as uncool. Sure. Um, but go to squintsapparel.com to check out all the things we were talking about. Sandlot, Legends Never Die, Bomber Jacket. They got squints, hats, shirts, sweatshirts. They're incredibly soft. Get 20% off with the discount code JOMBOY. Uh, go search, go shop, go check out squints. Follow them on social medias too, Squints Apparel. They got some cool designs. If you love the Sandlot as much as I do, you're going to enjoy it. The American League Report, Jake. James, on top of the East and all of baseball in the American League, the Yankees, they lose game one to the Detroit Tigers 12-11 in a wild punt game. 
Yankees come back. They win both games on a doubleheader day after the rainout to win the series. Voight and Didi get going. Edwin and Gary behind the plate get nicked up. Uh, yeah, it sounds like the Yankees season. Tampa Bay, the Rays lose two out of three, visiting the ballpark in Arlington as the Rangers bullpen them to death, kind of both teams did. And there's a fun moment, Jim, you're going to love this. Nick Solak for the Rangers, the rookie, he homered off Fairbanks for Tampa, who he was traded for two months ago. That's our favorite, so they won that trade. Think I'll go to Boston. Actually, the Sox went to Toronto to play the Baby Jays. The Red Sox win game three to fend off the sweep. Toronto, Trent Thornton, here's a who. He shut him out in game two. Jim, finally in the East. The Orioles played three games against the Dodgers. They won one. Huge for Baltimore. John, what do you mean? It's good for him. In the Centrale. You heard the Tigers snuck one out against the Yanks. Minnesota, they hosted the Nationals. Berrios helped shut out the Nats in game one. Then those pesky Nats won the final two games. Flexing the long ball behind the usual suspects you'd expect for Washington. Jimmy, your Believeland Indians. What's dead may never die. Indians sweep the Angels in Anaheim. Impressive starts from Zach Plesak and not Justin, but Shane Bieber. The White Sox hosted the Royals for this week's Stink Bowl. Royals win two out of three, sure. In the West, you heard Texas beat up on the Rays. You heard about Anaheim forcing our free Mike Trout chance. And Seattle getting some dubs in interleague play. Jim, the leading Houston Astros win game one against Oakland. Put up 15 runs, give them the World Series. But then guess what? The A's take game two, putting up a 21 spot of their own, and they win the final two games in Houston. The A's, they take three out of four. Matt Olson, man, some clutch hits. That dude's for real. Good for Oakland. Love him. And Jim, that's your AL report. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. What's going on in Houston? Dude. Um, Jimmy, it's it's funny. A phrase I haven't said on here in too long is that you say baseball moves fast. Think about how long ago was that Monday game where Houston, they put up 15 runs. They won 15 nothing. Everyone's freaking out like, oh boy, Astro season, man. These guys can't be stopped. And then Oakland, they <laughs> they say, we see you're 15, we raise you 21, and then they win two games. They get a clutch, couple clutch hits from Olsen. I think it was 5-3 they won the second game, and then maybe 4-3 the final. I'm blanking on that right now. Um, but Oakland, man, they're... Uh, they're turning it on. They're calling up a couple big-time prospects, Jimmy, who are doing uh doing good things for them, trying to catch the magic. It's a uh, it's a fun time to be an Oakland A's fan. Hendricks is awesome. I watched the end of the game yesterday. Went live on Periscope for it because I was just like, yeah. yeah, let's watch this together. His fastball is just dotting ninety-nine mile per hour fastballs right in the inside corner. So awesome. I have a big theory that. Fires was tipping pitches. Right. And then the next day, Houston pitcher was tipping pitches himself. 
you're going double tip pitches. Well, no, I didn't look at the box score of the uh, the next game. Who got lit up for uh, Houston? Um, I'd have. I think it was uh, Wade Miley has been getting absolutely killed for them recently. But that doesn't um, even matter for them, right? Like that would be the kinda, same yeah. as. For the Yankees, that would be the same as J.A. Happ getting lit up, and Yankee fans would be like, don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah, let me check. Yeah, Wade Miley, point one innings pitch, seven earned runs. Yeah, so there's, they, were trading, they were trading cameras, tipping pitches back and forth. I mean, okay. Mike Fires' line, that doesn't happen unless you're tipping pitches. Uh, honestly. Uh, baseball, it's a good team. It's a hitter's park. Jake, single, single, home run, home run, hard ground out. Single, single, home run, home run. How many, swing, how many swinging strikes were there? You know? You'd have to tell me. Uh, okay. Through the first two batters, none. Okay. Through the first four batters, none. Okay, we're we're inching closer and closer to uh, this being uh, tipped uh, tipping pitches. Okay, Could've just the, not had his stuff that day. Through the first six batters, there's not one swinging strike. Okay, the seventh batter has one. Finally, yeah, he was tipping pitches. We got we got two swinging strikes. In the first inning. And there was seven batters or nine batters. Nine. Nine batters. Two swinging strikes. Three home runs. Four singles. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but I just I think that's the easiest solution there. There's a chance for sure. Altuve homered. They're good at that. They're good at picking that up. Like when the Yankees went there into Houston, um, who was it? Paxton was tipping pitches, and they just lit him up. They just yeah. sat, spit on everything, and then when the fastball come came, they were just rocked him. And Beltron was like, "Yeah, you tipping your pitches." It was pretty obvious. So, but then Wade Miley, maybe he's doing the same thing. That was crazy. And then like the the, the two blowouts, and then such a close game. 3-2 with two runners on in the bottom of the ninth and Hendricks trying to close it out. Like, that is the craziness of baseball. Brantley up there, runners on. Yeah, it's – um, and, I mean, that's a, that's a big, big brother game. I mean, Houston has been obviously dominant for a couple years now. They've got the budget. They can bring on a Justin Verlander when he was struggling, making 20-plus million. Oakland can't do something like that. Um, so, I mean, there's a little bit of a big brother, little brother effect going on there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned a couple young guys. Sean Murphy, that catcher, uh, big-time catching prospect, Jim, he had a big series. They called up Jesus Lazardo. You'll hear about him later on call-up watch. Oakland's pulling everything out, man. They're pulling out all the stops. Oakland can't do what? Get... Bring in Justin Verlander for 20-plus million. They can. They have the money. They just choose not to run the organization well that's right. not how they operate that's how the owner so technically they can't like the the gm and the team can't the gm and the team can't the owner could so right. I, it's not, I, that's why i never give the a's like credit 
for not spending money. They're always like, we're a small market team. It's like, no, you get one of the richest owners in baseball. You just right. you can't choose to be cheap and then use it as like an excuse. Like, well, the GM and the the players and the fans of the organization can. It's on it's on the owner. Yeah, but yeah, but the the A's can't bring them in because that's what their owner does. That's how he operates that business. Yeah, no, but they can bring them in. They just don't. The owner is the the owner is the A's. Right. They could be, and like they have a big baseball city. Like Astros were garbage five years ago, and they were smart. A's refused to do that stuff. They'd rather roll the dice, and every three years they're really competitive, and then they'll trade everyone away. It's terrible. It's uh, I don't know. It's kind of been working for them. They've they've been good for a few years now. They haven't won anything, right? Um, but not a lot of teams have. Astros have. Astros have. Yeah. Well, the A's, the uh, A's are now in the lead in the wild card, which gives them a home field advantage, which is perfect. Stay that way. And the Indians get right back in. They're only a half game out. They're actually uh, they're actually tied with the Rays in the loss column. So that's yeah. These wild card races are getting excited. This one is actually pretty cool. I mean. Where are the Red Sox in this? I mean, they're done. They died last week. They're uh, they're down to nine and a half out. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna. You think they'll finish above five hundred? They have to. They're seven games above five hundred. They have to like really tank. They have to go like yeah. seven and or like six and ten in their next whatever. Yeah, and they, they won't do that until they're officially eliminated from the wild card, which I, I think is six games. Um, and then, I mean, you'll see them probably rest guys and stuff. So, I mean, it's not crazy, crazy to think about. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the story is Cleveland, Tampa, Oakland, and Jim, Minnesota. This is what I want to get you excited about. Jim, the Indians, we basically marked them for dead. Um, you know, Jose Ramirez has been out. Uh, they've been losing games. They've been, you know, Oakland and Tampa are bringing up either prospects or guys getting healthy. Jimmy, um, the lead in the AL Central is three and a half games, and the Cleveland Indians are hosting Minnesota for three games this weekend. Yeah, I know. That's kind of exciting because we said, that, you know, keep it close, keep it within strike range for when you play them, and they didn't do that. Then they beat the Twins. They they beat the Twins like the last three series they've played them, I think. Something like that. Can't confirm. Yeah, so they beat them last series. They took two of three. And then the one before that, they took three of four. So, at, so the last two times they've played, they've beat them. Now they welcome them. But the who's the pitching matchups? Because I know Cleveland... Just through like Plesac. I mean, it Bieber. doesn't really matter for Cleveland, Jim. They've got arms on arms on arms. They do. Yeah, dude, their pitching is insane right now. Bieber's a stud. Clevenger is a stud. Plesac is a stud. So they have Bieber and Clevenger going, and then Savali, who was doing... Savali. <laughs> yeah, he was dude, doing I'm really just well. telling you they. It's it's not a lot of names you know, but these Cleveland pitchers, it's wild. All right, so I'm now rooting 
for all that in the National League four-way tie, and I want the Indians to sweep the Twins. Okay, that's that's fair. Um, if the Indians sweep the Twins, that fucks the Twins and the Rays slash A's. Yeah. Like, if I mean, the Indians um, win two out of three against the Twins or sweep them, that's big changes across the board. Yeah, two two out of three. I mean, that's what I was going to say. If you're Minnesota, you need to get one. Because um, if you could get one, you're still going to walk out of there with a, an, a solid lead in the division. Minnesota, this is a massive series. Um, they have to fend off that sweep because, Jim, now they are back in the midst of the wild card race if they don't. Um, and that's uh that's what would be crazy, and that's why I was kind of rooting for that in the NL Central too, because I mean we can we can make both these Centrals and wild wild card races a mess real quick. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Minnesota does. We've um there's been a couple times we've kind of called them out, and we've been looking for them to hey show us Minnesota. Like we know you're hitting home runs, but but show us. Um, so maybe this is a chance for them too to go to to go to Cleveland and try to seal off the division. I want to sweep. Right. I won't rest till I get it. No, you better. I'm not a believer in the Twins, and it might slap me in the face big time, but I I haven't been and I won't be until I have to be. Won't be until you see it. You got to see it, and I, I think that's fair. That's not being too rude. I like Nelson Cruz. It's good. Mitch Garver, catcher. Yep. Got to respect that. Everything else is kind of bad. Orioles are bad. Yankees are getting yeah, hurt left and right. Yanks, Yanks get a couple injuries. Um, that was a crazy thing, and I, I don't know. I, it, I'll, I'll mention it a couple times, but there's a. I, every, if you're listening to this, you know. But maybe uh, I, I'm gonna make it a mission to like spread knowledge of punt days in baseball better like and nba has their rest days where they they keep their guys rested and healthy and they're kind of punting those games a little bit with how fragile pitchers are and everything that's going on um and you all have seen it but tell tell a baseball friend that doesn't know yet that like yeah there's probably once a week that uh, i mean sometimes twice a week that teams are throwing terrible guys out of their bullpen and losing games um, because that's kind of part of the state of baseball right now. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people. Like, there's a, there's a lot of people on Twitter that they just hear, like, the cookie-cutter, regurgitated take, and they'll just say it without knowing anything. Like, the Yankees lost to the Indians, and they're like, wow, you really don't have any pitching. Good luck winning in the playoffs with that pitching. And it's like, well, they didn't throw a single guy. Right. He's going to be on the playoff roster. So don't just talk without knowing anything. Right. And that's the same thing that we said about Houston with Wade Miley. Like, is he going to affect their playoff chances? Probably not. Don't think so. Not anymore. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, you got to know that kind of stuff. Jake, are you ready to go to our standout performances? Standout performances. Yeah, Jim. Excited for yours. I get to go first. Yep. And I'm doing a good friend of mine. Yeah. And by that, I should let you guys know, I've never interacted or talked with him. But he follows me on sure. Twitter, and he retweets me every now and then. 
Todd Frazier. Pride Todd of Tom's father. River. Todd Father. Having a, a rather lackluster season for a while. He went off in this Diamondback series, Jake. And he played in three of the four games. He went five for ten, two doubles, and three home runs. Five hits, three home runs, two doubles, seven RBIs. He scored four runs, so he's responsible for 11 runs that crossed the plate. But the thing is, there were really big RBIs. In the two-double game that he got, the Mets won three to two. He had all three RBIs, so he's the offense. In the next game, the Mets won big, but it was Todd's home run in the first that was like the dagger. They're up 2 nothing. Todd hits the home run. That goes from two-run first inning, easy to recover from, to a four, harder. And then after him, another home run, five runs in the first for the Mets, and Todd's a big part of that with the home run. He had another home run later on. And then in the third game, the Mets win big again, but the first run that crossed the board was a second-inning homer from Todd gets it going Big series for the Mets, big series for all the pitching, and there was other guys. McNeil had two home runs. Lagares had a lot of RBIs and two home runs. Uh, Alonzo had two home runs in the first game. All of Todd's hits were huge momentum changers from tied games or you know close games. There was no like tack on homers. Todd Frazier had himself a hell of a three game stretch. Having having a good couple weeks too. His last thirteen, uh, three seventy eight, four sixty five on base, five homers, fifteen ribbies in thirteen games. Um, Todd gets it going, and it you end up stumbling into some ge- generic stuff like oh, tough not to like this guy in New Jersey and all of that. But all of it's true with Todd Frazier. I mean, he plays with emotion. Like n- normally, there's guys that would shy away from that in an interview and be like, Todd, you know his. Eighth inning, and you got two runners on base. You know, is there? Are you feeling anything different in that at bat? And a lot of guys just give generic answers in those questions, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, it's another at bat. I just try to stay my plan, look for a pitch, and drive something." Todd Frazier's like, "Yeah, man, are you kidding me? <laughs> like the the stadium's rocking. Like I I love that stuff, and it's uh he's he's just a good dude and a good friend, best friend of mine, a good best friend. Who's your standout performance?" John, my standout performance, and we're bringing it back to Believeland. I went Zach Pleasak. I could have went. I thought about Bieber. I also thought about you, Darvish. I I, I was feeling the pitchers this week. Uh, Zach Pleasak, we talked about him a little bit. He's a rookie, Jim. His uncle, Dan, was a major league pitcher for a long time. Zach Pleasak out of Ball State, Muncie, Indiana. Jerry Gergich's timeshare, Jimmy. Um, He went complete game shutout. Man, and this is a, you know, we can make our generic jokes. This is going the way of the dinosaur. You're not going to see a lot more of these in baseball. Five strikeouts, but that's fine uh, because he gave up no earned runs, Jim. And and I kind of, uh, an extension of this is the Cleveland Indians staff as a whole. But Zach's been good, man. For his rookie year, 19 games started, 8-6 and six with a 3-6-4 ERA. And I gave that whole spiel about punt days and rest and bullpens. Complete game shutouts, man. I mean, those re-energize your team for a couple of days. You've rested your bullpen. You got the win yesterday. I mean, that is like a big trump card in a series when other team is starting to burning through their arms, and you get a full rest day out of it. Um, and, and, Jim, I think the other thing that is funny 
We we wrote off the Indians a little bit. I mentioned Ramirez getting hurt. They were starting to slide. Minnesota grew their lead. Oakland and Tampa both had reinforcements coming, and we were like, Cleveland, this is kind of tough. Know what helps you win a lot of baseball games? Pitching. Really good pitching, and Cleveland has that on a day-to-day basis. And I think back towards there was a part of this Yankees season when the, the, the first island of misfit toy Yankees got going on their West Coast trip, and it was like, wow, how are these Yankees winning? Who are these guys? And it was like, well, the Yankees were pitching really good. And it, sometimes it's tough to ignore that, especially when they're not household names. Bieber's not a household name yet. Plesak isn't. Sivali. Um, you know, even Clevenger, who's a stud, but he's not well-known yet. But, I mean, they throw those guys on a given day, and you've got a chance to win. I had Plesak as my standout performance. But I changed to Todd. Because the Angels are so bad, and Mike Trout didn't play, and Otani got hurt and pinch hit for... So this is what we're looking at, Jake. Brian Goodwin, David yeah. Fletcher, Otani Tabor, good, Justin Upton, yeah, Cole Calhoun, All Star, Andrelton Simmons, stud, Jared Walsh. Okay, then it gets bad. Yeah, Luis Rengifo, love him. Anthony Bemboom. And I, was, I looked through the game log, and I was like, these guys suck. They were just swinging early and putting balls in play. He only had five strikeouts. Like, the Angels were not trying. Is this Bemboom? So there's two catchers right now. There's Bemboom and Keyboom. Okay, so this is Bemboom's second team this year. So he's been on Tampa and the Angels. Yeah. Wasn't he the, uh, the 29-year-old rookie that came up? Yeah, so he was the 29-year-old rookie who's um so Keyboom, okay, so Keyboom, there's a Spencer Keyboom on the Nationals. There's a Carter Keyboom <laughs> who's also on the Nationals. This is starting to freak me out. I'm I'm done with the booms. Um, there's two Keybooms? Yeah, there's two Keybooms in Major League Baseball right and now. And they're on the same team. How do you spell their name? K I E Boom the fuck? Oh, so Spencer's not with the Nationals anymore? Um, the, he's, on the, he's on the IL, and he hasn't played it all this year. Right. Are they brothers? I think it would say that in baseball reference. It doesn't say anything. They gotta be, right? How do you have two key booms on the same team? How do you Carter Keyboom and Spencer Keyboom? One is from Walton High School in Georgia, and the other is from South Carolina. Damn. Freaking me out. The fuck? I'm out on the Keyboom brothers. Who do you think's got the better Twitter handle? Spencer's is Keyboom22. And Carter's is Carter Keyboom. <laughs> Number two, easy. <laughs> uh, the key booms. Yeah, so anyway, the Angels had a terrible lineup. Plesak, it's still impressive that he got the complete game shutout, but it wasn't it wasn't enough for me. I looked at the game wow. log and I was like, damn, that's those Angels suck. <laughs> you Trout's Trout's kinda hurt. He's gonna try and come back and play. Otani's hurt, 
and going to get another surgery, and then he's going to be recovering from two at the same time. My brother-in-law is a big Angels fan, and he might listen to Talking Baseball. So I know that you're a huge Get Trout out of Anaheim proponent. Free him. And it's really hard not to be. Yeah. Like, what are they doing? I don't know. I mean, we I we'll talk about a lot of this stuff in the off season. Do they have the money to go out and get a Garrett Cole or someone like that? And with Cole and Otani pitching next year, um, but again, like I just put Garrett Cole on their team. <laughs> like that's that's not a guarantee at all. It's just it it sucks, man. And it's gonna. I feel like it's gonna be a bad trivia question. Like which 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 two Hall of Famers played a decade together and never made a playoff game? And it's going to be Trout and Pools, one of the best first basemen ever and maybe the best player ever. And it's just, it's frustrating. I'm not even a fan. But I'm, not a fa- I'm not a fan of their team and I'm frustrated. Buck Johnson says the Keybooms are brothers in the chat. Okay, get out of here, Buck. They went to different high schools in different states? I don't want to Google it. Okay. Um, I'm watch. Jim, final thing on Plesak. I mentioned complete game. You rest the bullpen. Jim, that was the middle game. They used some bullpen guys the next game, and then they had an off day. So, like you said, you wanted them to get a sweep in this Minnesota series. They are full bore. They're full bore. Full bore. I'm rooting for the full Indians. Bore. I say good. They are brothers, and they're on the same professional baseball team. Sounds like no fun. <laughs> it sounds like an ideal childhood. Oh, there's a third brother. Oh, Don't. no. Don't. Oh, no. We got a uh, Manning brother situation here. Oh, boy. Trevor Keyboom. Looks like the middle brother. Ooh, tough. <sighs> Trevor did not want to catch like his older brother, but he didn't want to play. He started as a bat boy. Okay. Well, I don't know what happened to Trevor Keepum, but it seems like he's not on the Nationals and his two brothers are. Well, Manning, Manning brothers, that's a good segue into Slump Watch. Dude, he's an agent. Yeah, and one of the Manning brothers does oil stuff or whatever. Trevor Keyboom, certified agent. So it's pretty cool to be an agent when both your brothers are pros. It works out. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. works out. It really works out. All right, let's go to Slump Watch. Trevor Bauer's been on Slump Watch for a bit. He goes 6.1 innings pitched, three hits, two earned runs, three walks, eight strikeouts versus Seattle. The Reds lost the game, but that's a good line from him. So let's get him out of here. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, maybe one golf clap at Seattle. Oh, so no, I'm not, whatever. I'm not, I'm not See you, Trev. Ryu uh, still didn't pitch yet because they're skipping his starts. He will face the Mets. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. Crush Davis. For the A's, Jake, he goes 5 for 15 in the series, which is a 375 on base percentage, 908 OPS. He did have a home run, four RBIs. He had a hit in four games in a row, 
which I don't think he had done in a long, long time. So once again, he's momentarily off of Slump Watch. Nice. And it's like, you can clap for him if you want, but I'm not going to. Right. Um, what do you got Jim, on I'm, Chris Davis? I, I'm not clapping for him. I, I was going to cover it in Fuego, but I'll mention it now. The numbers from the Houston-Oakland series are all inflated um, because of the 15-run game and the 21 score. I could have done a hole in Fuego with just Houston and Oakland players, so I actually excluded them from in Fuego. Yeah, all, my old theory, runs 1 through 10, very impressive. Any run scored after the 10th run in a game, you don't get credit for it. It's not impressive. You're facing slot bullpen and position players. Jim, there there would be a legitimate argument for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven players from the Oakland Houston stories series to be on in Fuego. So by that rule, you you're not in Fuego. You're like yeah. the norm. Yeah. It's true. So good good for you, Chris Davis. Get going. Well, Andrew Benintende. He goes one for ten versus Toronto. He's now one for his last twenty six. Talk about a guy that might, you know, phase out towards the end of the season just to kind of rest him. Unless he wants to play and finish strong, I guess it's kind of up to him. But yikes, Benintendi stays on slump watch because he's slumping. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting just to see if, if Benny wants to pull the cord on this season and be like, oh, that, was, that wasn't great. Or if he wants to try to salvage it with, with, a, with a little bit in the next couple weeks. Eddie Rosario, he was on here. He went two for 10 this series with two walks. Twins lost the series, 273 on base percentage. Not enough to get off slump watch, right? No, and I, I, with the big series coming up, I, I think Eddie, Eddie, next week is Eddie's put up or shut up. Like you're either off and you kind of blew it, or you can you know, have an impactful week and the Twins need it. And uh, Aristides Aquino did the same thing, two for 10 with two walks, just like Eddie Rosario. Um, Rosario and he's got a 486 OPS in September now Aquino he's a home run phenom so I mean we're, we're, we're it's it's a difference like is it slump watch or is it figured him out watch and we probably won't know until next season and that's why I mean I still want Aquino on the list just because I want to watch you just want to pay attention yeah I just want to know I gotta know I gotta know I mean if you are that's fine I just gotta know what are you talking about? <laughs> Come on. Purcello did not pitch, so I hear the new additions. Get him off. He's bad. Yeah. Okay, cool. Don't care about him. Don't want to keep up with his starts. Yeah. Want to keep track on Aquino. Done with Porcello for this year. These are my new additions. Yep. Malik Smith, Seattle. He's 0 for his last 22. Hasn't had a hit since September 1st, Jake. Yikes. Yikes. Me either, to be fair, but... Oh, you had a hit. One of those yeah. tweets was good. Travis Shaw, O for September. What I don't understand yeah. what they're doing with Ch- Travis Shaw. Twenty-one plate appearances without a hit. Uh, he's been like having a weird season. Have you seen his stats on the year, Jim? They're like past atrocious. Yeah, I don't get like. Wh- well, I'm just not as tuned in, and some Brewers right. fan would explain it to me like. Is it injuries? Has he been up and down? Uh, is it just like bad? Why is his play so sporadic? I'm guessing. And like, is he just not a guy anymore? 
Jim, what do you think his batting average and OPS is on the season? I would guess like 210 and 520. Jim, his batting average is 151. Okay. Yikes. And his OPS is 526. So you're right there. Um, so he's not Jim, on the slump only... watch. He's just fucking bad. Yeah, but some a, a Brewers fan needs to reach out and tell us what happened. Because, Jim, the past two years, he had 31 homers and 32 homers, respectively. And OPS is in the eighth. So, like, this is one of the steeper drops we've ever seen. So, yeah, if you're a Brewers fan, I mean, was it injury? Was it just a bad season and injury? Like, what happened? I got two guys going on slump watch from your Braves. Yeah, young thick. Young thick Austin Riley comes off the IL, and in his six games, four starts, he gets one for 13. So this isn't really slump watch. Every guy coming off the IL has to have time to like reacclimate themselves, and it might be it's his first time coming off the IL in the major leagues. So you know it might be different for him. But I just thought we'd watch it because Dansby Swanson, Jake, he came off the IL. A while ago, maybe a full month ago. And since then, he's starting shortstop. He's slashing 143 batting average, 263 on base percentage with a 447 OPS. I mean, that's not good. So I don't know what the future... A couple guys coming off the IL. Tough break for my Braves. What's that? A couple guys coming off the IL. That's a tough break for my Braves. Yeah, but Swanson's been... he's. He's, th- his numbers are since coming off, but he's out of he's had enough time where it should be good now. Austin Riley hasn't. I'll allow it, but I don't know. I mean, Swanson's the shortstop. Is does Austin Riley not have a guaranteed spot if this is how it is? I think so. I think yeah. Markakis is coming back soon. I know Matt Joyce has been really solid for them. I think I think it depends on the matchup. They probably want Austin Riley in versus a lefty, right? Yeah. Austin Hedges, speaking of Austins for the Padres, Austin Hedges is two for his last 28. He's slashing uh, 071-188 on base percentage in September for your Padres. Good-looking catcher, not good-looking with the bat right now. Yeah, and that's that's got to be one of the more disappointing things in Padres land this year. He uh He's so good defensively, and he made a baby step last year. He had a 7-11 OPS, which for a catcher is what it is, especially if he can do what he does behind the plate. This year, man, 184 batting average of 579 OPS. Um, man, it's crazy. And I, I, for you and me, I think there's another effect to this that's like, yo, guy's having a bad year. Did you know the ball is juice this year? Like, Travis Shaw, this could have been like a 45 home run year for you. And instead, you're having an awful year? Yeah. Travis Shaw. What's going on? That's tough. That's tough. Well, moving on. Dirt nasties on fuego. That means I'm on fire, baby. Like Waco. Woo! Woo! A lot of people didn't, don't expect to hear Dirt Nasty on Talking Baseball. Mm. Mm. That, uh... We're, we're Bay Area rap guys. Um, Jim and Fuego, I want to start off giving some love to the pitchers. This guy got mentioned earlier. He almost got my standout performance. Jim, you Darvish for the Chicago Cubs. Six innings pitch, 14 strikeouts against those Padres we just talked about. Austin Hedges probably got a couple. 
Jim, in his last 11 games started, you Darvish, 2-4-4 ERA. And Jimmy, I, again, I, we had a couple of our Cubs fans reach out. One of them said, like, hey, Lester's been our big game guy. It's tough for me to picture them not giving Darvish the rock in a game they need. I mean, he's been their best starting pitcher of late. Um, it does get scary with some of his playoff history. And, Jim, I mentioned that 2-4-4 ERA in his last 11. Most of that is from one bad start, which is kind of the catch-22 with you, Darvish. If you get him and he's great, you're looking at six innings, one earned run, double-digit strikeouts. If you get the bad day, your season's over. Who? Who, Darvish? Um, oh, that's a so yeah. Call. Cub, Cubby fans, reach reach out at John Boy at Talking Jake. Let us know who who you want to get that rock. Maybe you guys catch up to the Cardinals. We don't even have to talk about it. Jim, this guy, I just had to put him on there. He could be on here pretty much every week. Justin Verlander for Houston. His last four games started, twenty seven point one innings pitched, a one three two ERA. He's um he's silly. He's hey, what was his start after the the no hitter? Uh, Verlander start after the no hitter. I'll get there, James. Um, Justin Verlander after the no no. It looks like he went. Um, here it is. He went no hitter, and then he went seven seven innings pitched, four hits, one earned run, seven Ks. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, it's it's just silly. You could go back. You could do his whole season with numbers, and it looks pretty good. Um. He's uh he's incredible, but he he does deserve to be mentioned at some point. <laughs> can't can't just pass over him every week. You know who um, got him? Who got him? Verlander after the no hitter, he had two hitless innings, so sure. add those up. So that's eleven. Because the game before the no hitter, he got ejected after giving up a double. So yeah, so it's eleven no hit nice. innings in a row, and uh, shed long. Ooh. Ex-Yankee. My arch nemesis. Yeah, you um, and Shed been fighting. Me and Shed are beefing. Would love to talk about it, Shed. Um, More like Shed yeah. wrong. Shed wrong. Uh, Justin Verlander could be in Fuego every week. He lives an in Fuego lifestyle. Uh, Shane, not Justin Bieber, Jim, for Cleveland. We talked about him. His last 10 games started a 2-2-7 ERA. And Jimmy, more so, the John Boy pitching stat. Look at his game log. Jim, in the last 10, he's only given up three earned runs once. It was three earned runs on the nose. Everything else is two and under, and it's six innings plus every time. Okay, I'm excited. It's like it's your it, – Shane Bieber's last 10 has been your dream starting pitcher. Oh, yeah, but, it, I mean, that's like – it's not even mine because I, I allow a little more than what people allow. This is – this is good to anyone's measurements. Yeah. Shit. And it's um I mean it's 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 what I've been talking about. I mean, again, Shane Bieber, yeah, we saw him in the All Star game and you're like, sure, he's a young guy having a good year. <laughs> no, I mean he's every night you've got a chance to win. Um and you could say that with basically the other the other four guys on the staff too. Uh shout out to Shane who He's got hey, he's got you know he's got three complete games on the season. We like that. Damn. 
And, I mean, Shane Bieber and Justin Bieber have that thing going. So if Shane Bieber can be really good, like that, he's like the number one growth option for baseball right now. If you could feed off of Justin's coattails. Um, I know that bringing some you're of them. saying this as somewhat of a joke, but it's actually pretty serious that if he becomes one of the best pitchers, having the name Bieber and Justin Bieber existing could be huge marketing for the MLB. Just None the of fact that was that a that's joke. his name. None of well, that was a It's kind joke. of like a silly way to think about it, but it's true. I, I mean, it's crazy true. I mean, they've already exchanged tweets and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm sure Shane Bieber probably has more Twitter followers than every other Cleveland Indian. Um, I'll, I'd have to check on that. Not but, Bauer. But what, when not Bauer Not Cleveland Indian, so works out. And when um, he was there, though. When. Um, so, yeah, good job, Shane Bieber. Jim, you mentioned Milwaukee and a... The, the guy that gets you excited because when he's electric, he's electric. Josh Hader, he was on Slump Watch for a while. Jimmy's figured it out. Nine, his last nine games, six saves, 10.1 innings pitch. He's getting 20 strikeouts in those 10.1, so two strikeouts an inning. And, oh, by the way, he hasn't given up an earned run. He's only given up three hits and a walk. Hader's back, and that's huge for them. That is, but I'm not rooting for them anymore. They're boring. So, sorry, Brewer fans. Um, Jim, let's get to the bats because this is where it gets fun. Jim, this might be a rookie or or maybe both Bichette or someone else got on here. And maybe Vlad. Kyle Lewis, a rookie for Seattle. You're going to hear he, he got called up. His first three games, Jim, he homered in all three of them. One of them broke up Sonny Gray's no-hit bid. So he's Take five... That. Five for 11 in his first three games with three home runs, playing right field for Seattle. Good for you, Kyle Lewis. Get, get some excitement going on up there. Um, Jake, I have to pause you for a second. Please. So you, I did my John Boy stat with Shane Bieber. Right. And it's maybe the most impressive going. Like Verlander, I, I'll have to find it out. Jake, 25 <laughs> Of his 31 starts uh, fit into my category of you did what you, you did enough for your team to win. Right. 25 of 31, it's an 80 percent of his starts are a winning effort. It's fucking crazy, man. Well, that means four out of five starts. So basically he's going he's gonna to give you one, one start a month that's meh. Yeah, it's not even terrible. It's just meh. Right. He doesn't have a six earned run. He has one six earned run start this season and four five earned runs. Which, hey. No, it's six out of of 30, so it's 80 something percent because there's one he came out of the bullpen. It's it's incredible. I'm a big Shane Bieber fan. Shane Bieber fan, John Boy. Um, All right. Uh, so Jim, back back to the sticks a little bit. Kyle Lewis, good for you. We'll mention you briefly later. Jim, I want to bring up my guy Jorge Soler again. Solar power in Kansas City. Jim, he goes six for thirteen, three of them being home runs. Jim, since the start of August, so thirty-seven games, so we're going back a little bit. He's had sixteen home runs with a two ninety-two batting average, a four ten on base, and a one dot one one eight OPS. Jim, Jorge Soler has 44 homers and 107 RBIs, and there's probably not a lot of people outside of Cubs Nation that know what he's doing at all. Outside of Cubs Nation because they traded him? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jorge Soler is going to sneak up on 50 Yabos this year. Um, and I, I think... It's cool to see him put it together. That was That's exactly what I was going to say. And, Jim, it's why I stretched out the stats. Because 292, 410 with a 1.11 over the past month and a half, with his season numbers, it's like, damn, Jorge Soler put it together. Um, which has has to be exciting for Royals fans. They're They're looking for things to rally behind. And uh, dude, I saw I saw one of Solaire's homers, and he, uh, I mean, he pimped it pretty good. He's feeling himself, and I'm I'm happy for him. Well, some of his um, home runs are bombs. I mean, he's he's got crazy power, and that was the scouting report even when he was in Chicago. But it was, can he put the ball in the bat enough? Um, good for Jorge and Jim. I'm glad. I am so glad, Jim, that you ended slump watch with Austin Riley and Dansby Swanson from my Braves. Because I, I, I did a combo and Fuego for Albies, Acuna, and Freeman. My guys, you thought I wasn't going to talk about them? Are you kidding me? Um, Jimmy, in this series they just played against the Phillies, they just missed the three of them getting on base at a 50% clip. <laughs> so those three guys coming up every time through the lineup, for four games, basically got on base, flip a coin. And that's just, again, I just think that's so impactful for them, especially when Donaldson's right behind them. Um, oh, and Jim, because I, I couldn't give him my award this week, Acuna is the youngest player ever to reach the 35-35 club. He's got 39 homers, 36 stolen bases, so he's going to get 40-40. Um, but yeah, I mean, Albie's Acuna Freeman, if, if you go a whole series getting on base every other time with three guys, that's impactful. It's very impactful. Good for them. Good for the Braves. They're making up for uh, Dansby. Dansby. What a weird name, Dansby. Dansby. Vandy, go doors. Way back up and... I don't even know. Goodbye, home run. I mean. You know what? Guys, the Orioles played the Dodgers. They did pretty well. Right, Jay? Yeah, man. I, I dug through the stats, and I was looking for, like, anyone that really jumped out. Nobody really did. Um, kudos to the Orioles. They won one against the Dodgers. They're uh, The Orioles, obviously a terrible season. They're going to end up with a better record than Detroit. And, I mean, they're they're putting a couple notches on the belt. They beat Verlander a couple weeks ago. They got a game against the Dodgers. Good for you, Orioles. Although we do get really excited when you get a bad player hot. So if you could do that next series, we'd appreciate that. Did you see the Bundy thing? Mm-mm. So it's, uh, he crossed up his catcher or missed his spot in his catcher. His catcher missed it, and it goes to the backstop, and there's two runners on. And he doesn't cover home, so two runs score on the play. Mm. And he gets taken out right after. Hyde's pissed at him. It's very. I, I'm going to do a breakdown. I haven't really looked at all the footage. just saw one angle. Because part of it looks like he's just so mad his catcher missed the ball when he struck the guy out. He's like, fuck this. Part of him might, may have thought, just throw it to, since bases were loaded, like he can't run advance. to first can advance is just a strikeout 
Or some people think it looks like he said, fuck this, and let the run score. I doubt that. Um, he definitely knew he fucked up and was just, like, looking around mad afterwards. But uh, I was in some Orioles threads, hmm. and they're like, they say he's got a bad attitude these days. How the fuck could you not have a bad attitude if you're playing yeah. for the Orioles? And I and then I was yeah. reading like how Tigers fans are like, hey, the Orioles are awesome because we're worse than them. But they get credit. Dude, the Orioles are embarrassingly bad. Like they have they've had yeah. two fights within their own dugout. They're giving up the record for home runs allowed. Their defense in the outfield is atrocious. Like, I don't know if the Tigers have all these, like, extra things that are just, like, gut punch after gut punch after gut punch after, like, that make them a laughing sock. Tigers are just bad. The Orioles are laughably bad. Yeah, but we've we've seen a lot of the Orioles, and they've got a lineup and a couple pieces there. And um, I don't know. I I think the for Bundy, I mean, Dylan Bundy has been on the Orioles since 2012. Um so here we are in 2019, and he's got a five-flat ERA, and, like, he probably carries himself like he's not a part of it. And it's like, dude, you're kind of the main part of this. But that was talking O's. Yeah, talking O's. Well, we might have some more talking O's coming up later. Oh. we. I mean, we could technically do hide for who got mad because he was mad at Bundy. What in the hell are you doing? you got to be kidding me. That is so bad. That is absolutely brutal. That is unbelievable. That is totally absurd. Who got mad? Jake, who got mad? Who got mad, A couple more ejections. A couple more ejections. There's always ejections. James McCann. So he gets strike one called on him. James McCann for the... uh, um, uh, why am I blanking? Why am I blanking? White Sox? Yes. Gets called to strike one pitch on the outside. That's off the plate. Calls it a strike. Later on, I think he was DHing. He's in the dugout, and his his teammate gets an outside pitch, and it's called a ball. And he's like, hey, those are the same thing. And he gets yelled at. He gets thrown out. Will Myers, middle of that bat, drew a line in the dirt showing the ump where the ball that. crossed, and he got ejected. I think it was actually a strike. I think Will was wrong. Um, Woodward for Rangers gets ejected for balls and strikes. This was an interesting one for Seattle. Dietrich's at bat, Jake, in the ninth inning, two outs, runners on base. Dietrich's up, 0 2 pitch. He swings at the ball, checks his swing. The ball hits the dirt, bounces off the catcher, and then on Dietrich's backswing, his bat hits the ball which sends the ball to the backstop, which allows a run to score and Dietrich to run to first base on the drop third strike. And the Mariners and um, Scott, how do you say his last name? I think it's Cervase. Me too. Cervase. Cervase is like, what the fuck? Like, yo, he hit it with his bat. You can't advance on that. And the ump called it the check swing. The third base ump called it a swing. So technically, as soon as the bat hits the ball, it's a dead ball. No one can advance. The game's over. They umps like didn't get together. They never all got together and talked about it. And they said, no, it's like drop third strike. The Seattle Mariners entertainment people 
in the in the scoreboard, the infield scoreboard, they showed the highlight of the bat hitting the ball after the argument, and Scott Service just went crazy and Have was like, to. "Are you kidding me? Look, look!" So that was kind of an interesting rule that you don't really see a lot, and kind of wild. And it's just like, just fucking use replay MLB. Yeah. Like, this isn't a reviewable play. Why? It took the public two seconds to understand it hit his bat. Literally, it took him probably 10 seconds to understand it hit his bat. And now we have 10 minutes of yelling and arguing. And you guys try to figure it out because you decided this play can't be reviewed. I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of, Jim, there is an NFL game at last year or a couple years ago where they missed something blatant and like technically by the rules like there was nothing the refs could do about it except there was one hidden NFL review rule that's called like the like I forget what it's called but it's basically a we fucked up rule and so the the refs came out and they were like we got this wrong we have to do this and everyone moved on and was like yes because we got it right in the MLB, they'll have to work towards having the like, the get the call right, uh, line somewhere somewhere in the the review rules. Because yeah, if you can see that, you're not benefiting the sport anymore. No, it's stupid. It's really dumb. Hey kid, guess who? <laughs> guess who? Grandpa? I don't know, man. <laughs> you're, you're the GM. I have your number saved. You get in the call, kid. Welcome Jimmy. to the show. Yeah. Tell me, who got called up? Call up watch. Um, Jim, at first I, I got a little daunted. I was like, oh, damn. Like there was, there was like nine or so names. I was like, how are we going to do this? Jim, luckily... Four of them were from the Seattle Mariners. I don't know if the Mariners just put it together that you could do September call-ups, or maybe their AAA team was in, like the in the finals or something, and they were like, "Hey, go enjoy it, guys." Uh, but four guys for the Mariners get the call. Um, I'll I'll start. A couple pitchers came up. Jim, you would like this. Um, Justin Dunn, his MLB debut, walks five. <laughs> <laughs> I tried not to laugh. Um, it's tough, kid. He's 23. He's going to get more of an opportunity. Um, but that's tough. Time out. Uh, he Art walked Warren five? Walked five. Um, so that's a, that's a tough break. What's his name? Dude. I mean, uh, this is a must Justin look. Dunn. Wow. Justin Dunn. I'll, I, I knew you were going to dive into that, so I'll keep going. Um, Art Warren also got called for them. He got one out. Gave up a hit and a walk. No runs, though. Good for you, Art. Uh, they called up shortstop Donnie Walton. I don't think he's a big-time prospect for them. They've got uh, Crawford at shortstop. Walton gets the call. He got his first MLB hit. And Kyle Lewis, Jim, in right field. We talked about him. A home run in each of his first three baseball games, including the Sonny Gray no-hitter. He's a top 100 prospect. If you're in Seattle, you're pretty excited about Kyle Lewis right now. Justin Dunn went to Gunnery, so do you like him? Yeah, I saw he. Well, he grew up grew up in New York. Went went to prep school in Connecticut, right? Yeah, and I think he's the dude that's friends with Justice Sheffield. Like, I think they're they're tight. Like, it's part of the reason they sent Sheffield to to Double A or whatever. But that's 
That's irrelevant. Okay, so first four pitches in his big league career, ball, 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 walks Josh Van Meter. Um, then throws a ball, and then a strike swinging to Joey Votto, and right. they steal. So I think it was a hit and run. Because like, they're like, yo, he's going to throw you a cookie. Just through he five. has to. He threw five balls in a row, has to throw you a cookie here. Let's put on a hit and run. I like that. Uh, Votto missed it, but the steal was fine. He gets to 3-2 on Votto with a called strike. So there's one called strike in his first <laughs> in his first 10 pitches. One called strike. Good job. But he walks Votto. Um, dude, then... <laughs> Then they stole third. Damn. Then they did a double steal on him. This it's is tough. This is brutal. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, Eugenio Eugenio Suarez comes up. He gets it to full to a full count. Called strike. Called strike. And then uh, foul. Ball. 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 Foul. Ball. So threw some strikes in there. So now he's got the bases loaded with three walks, the first three batters he's faced as a professional player. He does sound a lot like Justice Sheffield. You're right. Uh, fly ball, so the sack fly for an RBI from uh, our dude Aristides. But you, you'll, you'll trade that in a heartbeat. Easy. Then he walks Freddie Galvis. Yeah. <laughs> then another sack fly. <laughs> <laughs> then he walked Brian O'Grady. Um, damn. I'm sorry, Justin. Yeah. I'm rooting for your success long term. Yes. But that is a <laughs> horrible debut. Not not all MLB debuts are made equal. Dude, walk. Okay. He allowed five walks, two sack flies, and three stolen bases. Tough. That's, and he didn't finish the first inning. It's not an easy game. Um, we uh again with lots of love, Justin Dunn. We are rooting for you. Um, but yeah, Seattle more excited about Kyle Lewis right now. Um, Jim, we got two two big ones here. Um, Nico Horner, the shortstop for the Cubs. If you remember, it's when we were recording last episode, he officially got the call, but we didn't really deep dive into it. Uh, decent shortstop prospect, five for 15 in his first four games. Uh, Cubs fans were reaching out to us a lot. They were really excited. Jim, they were batting him. I, I think he was mostly eight hole and he got one game at the six hole. So it looks like they're not banking on Nico Horner, but they're giving him a shot. Triple in his first game. Like that. That's cool. That's a good time. Um, Addison so Russell's for the... hitting like a bag of shit. Is he hurt? Um, he might be hurt, too. I forget. He's having a bad year on and off the field. How about that? Um, Jim, the other guy. I mentioned him before. Uh, Jesus Lazardo for Oakland. Um, Jimmy, he's 21 years old. He's Peruvian. How about that? He did grow up in Florida. Um but, Jim, you're going to like this. He came out of the bullpen, three innings pitched, one hit, 
It was a home run to someone on the Astros. Your only hit. Who is it? Is it Bregman? Altuve? Who got you? Martin Maldonado clipped him. Um, not as exciting. But, uh, Jim, I told you, man, uh, Oakland now, they've called up Sean Murphy. They've called up AJ, AJ Pook. Um, they called up Lizardo. Um, they are bringing in the reinforcements, man. They're, uh, they are full, full bore. Second time I've said that. Full bore. Full bore. Full bore. And dude, we, uh, you and I did a whole thing on talking Yanks, how you want weapons. If Lazardo's a guy that could go three for them in the playoffs, I mean, that can, that can change a game. Uh, Jimmy, the last guy, Johnny Davis. We like that. <laughs> Fundamentally strong name. Center fielder for Tampa. He's 29 years old, so we like when one of the older guys gets a call. Jim, he pitch run in the seventh, and that was it. Um, he didn't Hell steal yeah. or anything. Yeah, Johnny Davis <laughs> so, does sound like a fast name. Good job. So, so his uh, his MLB debut, he he pinch run, didn't steal a base, didn't score anything. I'm hoping Johnny Davis gets a chance to swing the stick at some point. But you got the call, kid. All right, moving on to awards. Jake, my award, okay, and this is a quick one. It's a quick hitter. It's the uh, Great Minds Award. Okay. And it goes to Brandon Hyde. Okay. Orioles manager. Orioles manager Brandon Hyde. He was asked about, you know, if the Orioles finish with 99, 100, or 115 losses. Like, you know, what's, what's it? He says, all those numbers evoke the same feeling. And I think that's a great mind. Like, yeah, 99 losses isn't any better than 115. Good call, Brandon. And then he also said, I want to finish the season strong, and then I want to be a lot better next year. And it's like, damn, another just genius plan. And if I was in his spot, I'd have the same plan. And I was just like, there's great minds. That's why they hired that You and Hyde. Yeah, me and Hyde. I mean, that would be my plan as well. Just I want to be better, or no, I want to be a lot better next year. Not just better, a lot better next year. I'm just not sure, you know, he knows how it works, but uh, just great minds to think, to to be able to have the, the mental fortitude to understand that that should be the plan. It's great by Hyde. The wherewithal. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited for this Orioles offseason. What what could I mean we'll do this later but like what could possibly be what what's a po- what's a possible move that can help them? Uh, no idea. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they they they've got a couple guys who can hit um maybe if they could bring in an outfielder that can play defense and hit that would be a big plus for them. And then, yeah, I, I told you my plan with their pitching is y- you go like Disney movie. You have open tryouts you invite everyone from overseas. You invite everyone from independent ball. You have it out. You find a one guy there. So you got John Means, and I don't know, take take a couple bullpen flyers. It, I, I think, you know what, next year, I think the Orioles are going to be better. Yeah, but, he, but Brandon Hyde is a great mind. He wants to be a lot better. And that's smart. Yeah. That's smart. I mean, what's he mean? Just lose 80 games? 
he knows they're not going to be like a winning team. I think, um, I mean, you probably say it's spring training, like 500 is the goal. And then, I mean, if you're being honest with yourself, it's probably like 90, 95 losses. I don't, I don't know what they can do. We'll, we'll dive into it in the offseason. Like, I don't know. They don't really have much in the pipeline. They don't like spending money. What are you going to do? Trade, trade back for Yastrzemski. <laughs> uh, Jake, who's your award going to? Jim, my award, a very prestigious award, is the Wearing Layers Award. Oh, because we're going uh-huh. into fall? We're going into fall and, and one of your favorite seasons. You know that times are changing. Yesterday was the first time in like four months that I had to bring a little hoodie to wear when I was taking my dog out. So people, wear your layers. Jim, someone, and I don't know if you know this yet or if you know the whole thing or what. If you don't, I'm so excited to see your reaction. The award goes to Ryan Braun. Um Jim, because in yesterday's game, he wore Yelich's jersey under his jersey. Not a joke. Why? So go Google it. And Jim, that's where we're we're going to get into some stuff that I think we can have a lot of jokes with. A, Why? Braun hit a home run. So we'll, I'll get you there. Braun hit a home run while wearing both jerseys. So good for you, Brawny. Um, B, have you ever worn a jersey? Picture wearing two jerseys. That's not comfortable. It's kind of it's it's restrictive. Um, again, he hit a home run. So good for him, Jimmy. All of the quotes coming out of this, and so I'm going to preface it. Sports teams are always looking for something to rally around, whether it's a hurt player or a coach or. You know, the the Yankees playing New York, New York. Boston snagged as much of that as they could, and they rallied around it. Sports teams look for motivation anywhere they can. Jim, some of the quotes from Ryan Braun, they're treating Yelich like he died. Was it a jersey or was it like a jersey? Jim, full jersey. Are you positive on that? Yeah, where, where can I send you a link? Um... Because, I mean, it's uh, like you can literally see it hanging underneath. Um, oh, my I'll send God. It to... I'm looking at it. Yes. Full jersey. Full double jersey. I'm so happy you didn't know about this because I know this pulls on you a lot of different ways. Jesus. I mean, Braun's never been cool. Sure. Unless you live in Milwaukee. Nah. Yeah. Uh, steroids, lying to everyone. I think he had a call and personally apologized to everyone. And was like, dude, right. he ruined someone's life. I mean, he's a bad guy. Not a great guy. He ruined a guy's life, like sent him to jail. Right. Knowingly. Said he, if anyone doesn't know the story, the guy who tested the steroids, Braun said that that guy fucked with his results just to mess with him, which is tampering, which like ruined right. that guy's career and life for a little bit. And Braun knowingly did that because he was a bad guy and did all the steroids and stuff. So, I mean, Braun's not a good guy. No. 
And he's always like the clothing line he had with Aaron Rodgers was just maybe one of the douchier clothing lines you can possibly have. Sure. Um, this is preposterous. Jimmy, if you're um, yelling, you don't like this unless they're laughing about it in the clubhouse. Which maybe they are. Um, but Jimmy, no, I mean, the quote, the quote from Braun, they're treating Yelich like he died. Um, Ryan Braun literally said the words like, I know he's watching. It's like, oh, what? Like that Yelich, he broke his kneecap. It wasn't like a plane accident or anything. Um, so I don't know. I just know that you're a guy that probably a nightmare would be playing baseball in two jerseys because um, that just seems sweaty and so uncomfortable. And um, it's it's pretty ridiculous. Hey, he hit a homer. Maybe there's magic in that jersey, and they're they're using it to rally around right now, and they've won seven straight. So if that's what they need, knock yourselves out. Gross. You know what? It all adds up. All the Brewers stuff is added up. Adds up. Elevator talk. We got Chicago White Sox, Jake. You want to take it on? White Sox. I feel like we've kind of done them. We've done like the whole Giolito thing, and they're they're not super exciting right now. It's tough for White Sox fans. I know. Baltimore Orioles. We just did them. We just now did we them. have to do this team no matter this what. Is the money one. Chicago White Sox again. White Sox. Then the White the White Sox won, man. Is Ivan Nova still doing good stuff? If you're in an elevator with some uh, White Sox fan, I mean, really, you got Anderson going for the batting title still, right? Right. Uh, you got Abreu. I mean, Eloy Jimenez, I think, just went off. So the White Sox are in a good place because they still have promise for next year. Right. Especially um, with... I think the Royals and the Tigers are still going to be bad. Very so you have bad. the Indians, and the Indians will see what they do. They have a lot of young arms, but like they're going to run out of money soon, and they've actively said they're not going to like spend money, which sucks. Well, and, they, I mean, the, at some point they're going to be able to flip Lindor or something, and I mean load load up the cabinets again. Yeah. So what are White Sox but, fans watching for? Their manager gets ejected um, nonstop. Jim, you mentioned Tim Anderson. That's exciting. Moncada is is keeping it going, dude. His numbers on the year. Um, that Chris Sale trade may look very different in about a year or so, depending on how Michael Kopech comes back, because um, Moncada's having a very good year. Eloy, he's shown the power. That's kind of all you want to see from his rookie year. Jim, you know who's a crazy interesting guy? Jose Abreu. I, I always laugh because when we search the through the game logs to look for who's hot and who's not, Abreu's name is first just because it is alphabetically. So I've got a pretty good idea what Jose Abreu is doing on a weekly basis. And he's putting together just another really good year. Where do you search that it's alphabetical? Baseball reference. Oh, we must do it different. When you do the last four days or whatever, search, and it pops up, and then you have to hit homers or hits or whatever. Oh, yeah. I, I click OPS immediately, so I never even knew there was alphabetical first. Right. Before you click OPS, they're alphabetical. So that's what makes me laugh because I see oh. it every week. Oh, You'll nice. see it now, too. I'm pretty quick with that. Um, Nova had that incredible stretch, Jake. Yeah. 
then he's been not good again, which sucks. I was rooting for him to get a paycheck off the incredible stretch. Lie about a new yeah. approach. Renteria has been ejected a bunch. He made the ump come to him. You can talk about that if you're right. a White Sox fan. Giolito started off incredibly hot, then getting bad, and now he's been good again. Oh, shit, he's bad again, Jake. Oh, uh, his last start was good. No, it wasn't. Six innings pitch, five earned runs. And you're not going to like this, but he had a bunch of strikeouts, right? Who cares? Yeah, he's he's figuring out. The season doesn't matter, Jim. Um, he uh, it, it, if you're if you're talking pitchers in in White Sox land, you say, hey, Giolito, what what a year! Like at this point, it's already been a great year. You're saying, hey, you know, Ronaldo Lopez and Dylan Cease. Are you seeing stuff you like? Cease is striking out a lot of guys. We could build on that. Lopez had that really good start. A star to go, and you get you get excited for Kopech next year. Yeah, through sixteen games, Giolito had a two seven two ERA. Through twenty nine, he's got three four one and rising. That's a bummer. Yeah, I mean it's still it's still going to be a really good year. I mean, it, especially where he was and Juice Ball, et cetera, et cetera. It's it's a great year for Giolito. What was his ERA last year? It was terrible. I right? was six. I mean, he had the most losses in baseball, right? His his ERA was six one three last year. Thirteen losses. Damn. Is Obre is Abreu a free agent soon? I was just gonna look that up. I think they signed him to not a super team friendly contract, but just kind of what you'd expect, like eighteen million a year, twenty million a year. Um, actually, a hold the phone next he- year. He might be a free agent, yeah, which that's bizarre to me, though, because why was there no, like, Jose Abreu's available at the trade deadline talk? That's good. That's a really good point. Right? Like, we, we did a lot of trade deadline stuff, and Jose Abreu was never mentioned anywhere. Could be our fault. Could be us. Is Abreu coming back? Do they have a first baseman in the pipeline? Um, not that I know of. If you're a White Sox fan, reach out. That's what you got to be asking the guy in the elevator. If you're with an in-depth yeah. White Sox fan. All right. That ends this episode of Talking Baseball. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with us and listening. We will be back again on Monday, and I think we'll be in the same room doing it, Jake. Yes, sir. I'll see you in a couple hours. Cool. Bye, guys.